James Harden picked up his option. He's back in Philly. Who do you think pays more for a haircut, James Harden or Dave McMiniman? Oh, Dave. Yeah, I agree. Dave McMiniman is our guest on a Thursday, and he doesn't have a ton of time, so let's get to it. What's up, Dave? How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm all right. I'm just trying to keep my head on straight uh, with my perfectly coiffed haircut and beard, obviously, uh, while I try to keep track of everything that's going on. It's been a kind of a quiet week. And I feel like the last three or four hours, it's really heating up as we head towards everything starting up tomorrow afternoon. Wait a second. Do you have a beard guy? Do you get your beard groomed as well? The, the same at the same experience oh, as the hair, of gosh. course. Yes. Got to oh, get lined up. Gosh. Wow. Get that uh, eucalyptus towel placed on the skin. Okay. Well, it sounds like a lovely experience, Dave. I kind of just want to talk about this. I mean, do you enjoy the experience of going to the barber? Of course. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, okay. uh, it's relaxing. It's like one of the few times other than sleeping, playing pickup hoops, and going to a movie theater where I'm off my phone. Okay, and that's always a good thing. All right, um, there's not a ton of jazz I want to do with you today, but we will get to some of the pieces of, uh, of news that have come out with our local team before we expand the conversation. Uh, John Collins, uh, he, you know, the deal won't become official till July the 6th and as these things go, but obviously we know that it is imminent. What should jazz fans know about John Collins? You like to fit here in Utah? Yeah. I mean, certainly for what was, uh, you know, uh, parted with in order to get him and Rudy Gay, uh, you love it. Uh, ownership willing to take on money, being aggressive, recognizing that obviously this is kind of a win-now window that the Jazz find themselves in a lot faster than I think any of us anticipated when they made those deals to trade away Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And oh, Collins is was kind of miscast, I think, as a number one or number two option, and that was the initial ascent of his career. But you make him four or five, we've seen Andre, Andrew Wiggins, we've seen Andre Iguodala, we've seen Aaron Gordon – all guys with a ton of talent, a ton of athleticism, and generally always considered a good uh, team attitude type of player, thrive in winning basketball situations after they left their initial teams. And I, I think John Collins could fit that same type of trajectory for the Utah Jazz. One more Jazz thing. They've got roughly around 10 mil, and they could create a little more with uh, getting, rid, getting rid of some of the non-guarantees. Uh, do you anticipate – so as of now, Dave, they have 16 players under contract for 15 roster spots. Uh, but all the contracts are team-friendly. There are rumors Boston has called about Olenek. Uh, do you, does it feel like this might be the group, or do you think Danny and Justin have more up their sleeve? I mean, honestly, I, I do not know the ins and outs of, of who they would be pursuing with that remainder of, of cap space should they open it up. Obviously, as you mentioned uh, – they already have guys they're committed to, and so they, they could just stick with what they got. Uh, I would think, knowing the way that, that Danny's operated in the past, uh, you give yourself optionality. Uh, so rather than you know, lock into a, a further cemented roster for next year, uh, you're going to want to get to be down to 14 players with some cap space in order, you know, should things all go the right way and they continue to kind of capture that momentum that they showed in the first, you know, half of the season, two thirds of the season last year, that then you can be a player 
come next year's trade deadline uh, to put yourself in a different stratosphere heading into the postseason. As I'm sitting here thinking about it, I actually feel like the Harden-McMiniman comparison could be expanded in several different ways. I feel like you might be the James Harden of NBA media, actually. I think that works really well. Former MVP? Sure. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was implying. I don't know what you're Yeah, man, as long as it starts and ends Yeah, I don't know what you're digging for, Dave. I've lived in in several different NBA cities. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard the rumors about the similar nightlifes. We'll leave that there. But I I just, I feel like it works, Dave. I really do. Yeah, well, okay. That's good. I'm glad that you think that. Okay, moving on. Uh, He opts in. uh, Stunner for me. What what do you make of Harden opting in? Yeah, certainly surprised by it. Uh, One, it means that all the murmurs and rumors and conjecture we've heard about the Houston Rockets for months now was just that murmurs and rumors and conjecture. Uh, I think it also means that, you know, obviously Adrian Wojnarowski has already reported the teams uh, that potentially we could see involved in the trade and the Knicks and the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, I am curious if the Toronto Raptors could enter into that mix, considering Nick nurse's uh, time with that franchise and, and, and the, We've already heard about Fred Van Vliet having interest in playing in Philadelphia. You know, is I, I think Tyrese Maxey is a, a hell of a young player with tremendous on-ball talent. Um, but is he a point guard? Um, certainly, we know that Joel Embiid has been one of the league's uh, leading scorers and an MVP thanks to playing with James Harden and having James Harden fully facilitating to get Joel Embiid his touches. That takes a pass-first player and someone with a degree of understanding in order to maximize the big man, as good as Maxi is, that's not, to me, the guy I see uh, where he's maximizing his own personal skill set is not as a setup guy. And so, you know, it makes me wonder if there is a point guard that they will, uh, you know, target here as they look for potential trades and could then Toronto – join in in this conversation with a sign-and-trade scenario where Fred Van Vliet ends up playing for his former coach and Nick Nurse for the 76ers. You know, again, that's the team. I'm just curious. Uh, you know, obviously L.A. makes sense because we know James Harden spends his time there in the offseason, and he's obviously from Southern California where he grew up. And the Knicks make sense in the sense that they have all those assets that they never ended up trading for Mitchell so they are a, a supple landing space to be able to make a major deal. Um, but you know, personnel-wise, I'm not so sure the, the players both those teams have available fit exactly what Philly would need to do to keep Joel Embiid happy. So fill in the blanks here for us, Dave, because all of us out here were just operating off the assumption that Clarkson was opting out and leaving. Now they could still extend and trade him, and they could just extend him outright. And then you hear Josh Hart picking up 12-9. We already talked about Harden. Uh, Horton Tucker opts in here, too. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. We're hearing opt-ins in areas where most were expecting opt-outs. What does that mean, Dave? Quite frankly, I think we're going to see somewhat of a suppressed market. And unless you are a very specific type of free agent, and you know, I think that's why you know, I reported the Lakers have interest in Bruce Brown and, and others have reported that as well. I'm, I'm not so sure that, 
you know, a full mid-level $12.5 million is going to fit for him. Uh, he, he could end up being like the unicorn of the summer where he fits so many boxes in terms of proven champion, young, three-point shooting, switchable defender, uh, that there could be you know, a lot of money out there for him. But um, because there aren't a ton of players that fit that total profile that a Bruce Brown would, um, again, this gets back to what we were talking about last week under the new CBA, uh, you could see a lot of wait and see approaches with teams not looking to make long-term commitments this summer until they really see how the entire league tends to operate under the new CBA. So um, I'm currently on page 664, Dave, so I'm not done with it yet. Um, what? <laughs> What should, what should NBA fans really know about this thing? What should people listening to the show who love NBA basketball, what do they need to know that matters to them about the new CBA? So, there's been seven different NBA champions, seven different franchises that have won the, the title since Adam Silver has been the commissioner. And also in that time, there's been turnover with a lot of the ownership of these franchises. The new owners paid a lot more money to own teams than the old owners. And because of that, they have a louder voice in the room. And they want the NBA to continue to be a league based in parity. So the new CBA has extremely punitive penalties for teams that intend to operate on an annual basis in the luxury tax. Punitive to the point where it's not just you have to pay money, but a lot of the maneuvers available to you are closed off. Whereas if you are a repeat luxury tax team, you can't do a sign and trade. You're just not allowed to do that. Um, at, at some point, if you're a repeat luxury team, you're going to lose your natural place in the draft. Your draft pick will be automatically conveyed to the very end of the first round. Uh, and beyond that, you know, the taxpayer mid-level exception, which seem to be somewhat fair on the market, um, you know, roughly half of the mid-level exception the last few years, that's even shrunk. You know, the mid-level exception this year is going to be $12.5 million. The taxpayer mid-level is only $5 million, so less than half. And it's all in an effort to not build dynasties, to not have the major markets control the championships. Um, those are who Adam Silver's bosses are, the new owners. And the new owners want to have the NBA be more team-oriented, team-focused, pass around the trophy, than player, superstar-focused, major market-focused. All that sounds like it should be met with, uh, you know, smiles around here, right? Doesn't it feel like that's all that's pretty good news for a team that plays basketball in Salt Lake City, Utah? Absolutely. It certainly is. And, uh, you know, again, I've enjoyed my time covering games there. It's not quite Southern California. They won't be able to make that pitch uh, to a free agent in terms of the the Pacific Ocean, but they can also say to a free agent, like, we are not, as an ownership group, precluded from operating the same way any other ownership group would in those major markets. And certainly that is something to be said about the team's viability to build a champion. And if you target the right type of players, it's not going to come down to locale. It's not going to come down to money. 
it's, I think it's going to be, quite frankly, come down to confidence and the ability to operate within the landscape of the new league. And I think to have a, a you know, a bright young owner combined with a, a minority owner and, and Dwayne Wade combined with an old school deal maker in Danny Ainge, it's like, it's a great mix. Um, and obviously Will Hardy, um, we've talked about it before. I think the world of him as, as a bright young coach, it's a really good core in place for the jazz to move forward in the, the, the current state of the NBA. Also, charismatic media members and affordable haircuts in Salt Lake. Do you, do you agree? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I should have led with that. My bad. All right, fair enough. Top two things. Hey, Dave, before I say you lose, I know you got to run. Just give me best guess of one name that will change teams and potentially change the landscape of the NBA. I mean, so we've we've kind of seen one already in Beal, and we're going to about to see two in Harden. Uh, the next one's got to be Dame Lillard. Uh, I, I just don't see it working at this point. And obviously the thing that I don't think is being talked about enough is that the Blazers are, are currently, you know, up for sale. Like uh, Jody Allen, um, her job um, as the – gatekeeper or, or the, 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 you know, the, the foster uh, parent of the Blazers franchise after her brother passed away is to not continue to keep it in the family name, but to sell it. And I believe the, the longer this game situation plays out, I think it, the harder it becomes to make that sale. And, you know, that should be the primary principle uh, of the franchise at this moment. So, uh, uh, I, I think the, the, the teams we've heard about would be the teams I, I would circle, but you know, you know, Miami, Philly, New York, uh, I think Dame Lillard will be dealt this off season. All right, my man. I appreciate the time. I know you're busy. It's a busy day. So we'll set you loose. Have a great weekend, buddy. We'll chat soon. Yes, sir. You got it. Thanks, man. All right. Dave McMiniman covers the NBA for ESPN. Get him on Twitter at MC 10 is where you find him. Uh, does a lot with the Lakers, but does a lot of big-picture stuff, too. So the Lakers, by the way, have declined Malik Beasley's option and Mo Bamba's option. Uh, they have that full 12.4 mid-level uh, now available, and the rumors are they're going to go after uh, Bruce Brown or Brooke Lopez. Uh, of course, it all has to be about the Lakers all the time with ESPN. They've also waived Shaq Harrison. Uh, so a couple of uh, minor pieces of news from Dave today. Uh, the big domino that dropped earlier is James Harden is picking up his $35.6 million option. And uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, they're working together in concert to try to find a new home for Harden, which means Harden has now uh, demanded trades from three different teams over the past four and a half years. Uh, so we'll see where Harden lands. Uh, Bruce Brown to the Lakers is a really interesting one. Uh, also, our very own Tim McMahon, who joins us every week, every week reported that uh, Bruce Brown also intends to meet uh, with the Dallas Mavericks. No clarity on the Kyrie Irving situation. Uh, Chris Haynes is reporting that Kyrie Irving would like to sit down with Phoenix. Good luck with that. Uh, they don't have anything to offer him, and I'm not sure they want him in that locker room anyway. And if you're Durant, aren't you like, didn't I just get rid of this dude? But they've got $3 million to offer a player, uh, veteran minimum there. Uh, Brad Beal was introduced to uh, Phoenix today, so uh, that sound has been making the rounds. Uh, but other than that, the news has been rather quiet from a Jazz perspective, in case you missed it earlier. Jordan Clarkson has picked up his option. Kelly Olynyk 
has had his contract guaranteed. Uh, the Jazz have the ability to create a little bit more space if they make some of the decisions on some of the non-guaranteed guys, Vernon Carey, uh, Lucas Samanich, Chris Dunn. Uh, that could clear up an additional $5 million or so. Uh, the Jazz could then have about $14 million to play with, but as it is right now, it's closer to 9 or 10.